this podcast is dedicated in loving memory and for the Leroy Nishmat of Fegi Batrivka and Aaron and Sarah Kotler. May their memories be a blessing for us. Many people contact me and ask me if Judaism has a spiritual path. What they have in mind is the connection with the soul. The spiritual wares of other religions, for example, Zen or Tibetan Buddhism, Hindu yoga or Sufism from the Islam tradition, seem somehow to be more accessible than is the Jewish path. These traditions advocate meditation, ascetic practices or other techniques which are designed to bring a person into awareness of his own selfishness and of his ego and to come into contact with the divine part of his or herself, the soul. And in fact, in modern days, since these paths opened up to the West, we find many people, and amongst them Jews, who are drawn to these spiritual paths. The fact remains that Jews are by nature a deeply spiritual people, and ultimately they are not completely comfortable with the materialism of the Western rationalist culture. So we need to ask the question, where is Judaism's spiritual path? And why is it so much more difficult for Jews to access their own path? I was brought up in an Orthodox Jewish home in London. We kept all the customs and the rituals of Orthodox Judaism. And yet, I also found myself asking this question. Unlike other Jews, I never really doubted that Judaism has a spiritual path because I understood for myself that it would not have been possible for the Jewish people to have survived 2,000 years of persecution and dispersion without one. Not only that, but in my view, it had to be a very profound spiritual path because Jews throughout history, whether formally religious or not, were nevertheless, when in dire circumstances, willing to die for their faith rather than give up who they are. We could not have had this dedication to our faith if it had been based purely on social content, customs or rituals alone. They definitely had to have a deep spiritual content. So my question became not does Judaism have a spiritual path, but what is Judaism's spiritual path? The answer to this question lies in the unique inclusiveness of Judaism's spirituality. In other religions, there is a separation between the physical world and the spiritual world. People who wish to dedicate their lives to spirituality live separately from the physical world as ascetics, hermits or monks. But Judaism sees the world as a whole. It sees the physical dimension of the world as being in itself spiritual. Life itself is sacred in all its manifestations, and it is through life itself that God communicates with us. In many ways, I think this inclusive path is a much harder spiritual path than one which puts the spirituality and physicality in different compartments. It is more confused, less obvious. So how does Judaism's spiritual path work? The Kabbalah teaches us that every element in this physical world comes directly from the spiritual worlds above. Not only that, but our actions and words in this world affect the functioning of the spiritual worlds. 
So there are invisible but real threads connecting us with the spiritual worlds. Where are these spiritual worlds to be found? They both surround us and are deep within us. They are deep within our own soul. We can no more disconnect from our spirituality any more than we can stop breathing. As Jews, we are spiritual beings on a spiritual path, whether we recognize it or not. However, it's obviously going to work better if we pay attention to the spiritual dimension of our physical existence. The sages tell us that the spiritual worlds are created one from another, like an impression is created from a rubber stamp, such that every element in a lower spiritual world has its corresponding component in a higher spiritual world. In exactly the same way, our physical world may be seen as an impression taken from the spiritual world above it. Thus, everything that exists within the physical world, whether it is discerned by our senses or even created by imagination, has its root within the higher spiritual worlds. Indeed, every element of this physical world is a branch that stems from its specific root in a higher spiritual world. The relationship between the elements of our physical world, which are called the branches, and their roots in the higher spiritual worlds was clearly perceived by the sages of the Kabbalah and of the Talmud. How does this work? When we do a mitzvah, for example, let's take when we shake the lulav, that is, we take the four species of the lulav, the etrog, the willow, and the myrtle on the festival of Sukkot, what are we doing? We're taking four elements in this physical world, binding them together as one, and using them to cause a change or an effect in the higher spiritual worlds. The Zohar teaches us that actually, when we shake the lulav in all six directions, we're uniting God's name in the world. Similarly, when we eat matzah on Pesach, we're taking a, a physical element which exists in this world, basically a large cracker made of flour and water, but when we eat it with a specific intention, even an unspoken intention, we're affecting the spiritual root of the mitzvah, we're affirming our faith and awakening the root of faith in the spiritual worlds above, which has then has consequences influencing our physical world in a positive way. The precise code which dictates the ways in which these specific actions, which are called the mitzvot or the commandments, need to be done in order to affect the spiritual worlds is called the halakha. The halakha contains the directions on how to relate to and bring out the inherent holiness of the physical world. It is a complete spiritual lexicon, ranging from matters on how to prepare ourselves to go to bed at night to matters of correct speech about each other. Halakha also deals with our relationship with others in our daily interactions, honesty in business, playing fair. For example, if a shopkeeper has opened up a print shop in a particular street, it's not considered ethical in Jewish law to open up a print shop bang next door. That's encroaching on somebody's means of making a living. Go and open your print shop in another part of town. These subtle areas of halakha are not what people usually consider as elements of Judaism, but actually they are. Judaism is not just a random collection of ritual acts based on ancient social or cultural customs. 
but it is a living expression of the divine within ourselves and how that affects the world around us and the people we interact with and our connection with God in all aspects of our lives. The Torah also contains mitzvot that relate to our heart. They examine what do we intend. When we do an action, we need to look at whether we're doing this action out of a desire to further our own selfish interests or our ego desires, or whether we're acting from a genuinely altruistic motive. Maybe our motives are mixed and are not yet clear to us. The blueprint for the Jewish spiritual path is the Torah. The halacha begins as divinely ordained commandments, which are called mitzvot, in the written Torah given to Moses on Mount Sinai. God handed it to all the people through Moses. This is our heritage. It belongs to all of us. But what Moses received from God at Mount Sinai is far more than simply what is written in the Torah in the five books of Moses. In the written Torah, which we call the Pshat, we find the literal words of the actual commandments of what to do or what not to do. We also find the bold statements of the actual events of the lives of our forefathers and foremothers. But the how and the why of the commandments, the hidden meanings and intentions of our forebears in their acts, are not to be found in the written Torah. These are explicated in the old Torah, the Torah Shalbal Peh, which was also given by God to Moses and thence to the people by Moses on Mount Sinai. This old tradition was passed down through the generations in a continuous transmission and as an ongoing conversation that continues to this very day. As we learn in the first mission of Pirkei Avot, Moses received the Torah on Mount Sinai and passed it to Joshua. Joshua to the elders, the elders to the prophets, the prophets to the men of the great assembly, and they passed it on to the sages. It was handed down mouth to mouth in an unbroken oral tradition. But following the destruction of the second temple and the ongoing persecution of the sages by the Romans, there arose a considerable danger that the train of transmission would be lost and this precious and most important Torah would be forgotten or worse, only half remembered and distorted. To prevent what would have been a terrible catastrophe, the main pupils of Rabbi Akiva, Rabbi Meir, Rabbi Huda Anasi and Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai gathered and wrote down the Torah Shabal Peh, the Oral Law, in different collections, the Mishnah, the Sifra and the Sifra and the Kabbalah. It was Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai and his companions who recorded that part of the Oral Law known as Kabbalah the most important book of which is called the Zohar. The content of the Zohar deals with the reasons for the mitzvot and the intentions of God's actions and our forefathers when they acted. This material is of great importance for us today because it is through the learning of Kabbalah as an integral part of Torah that we can understand the stories in the Torah and see their relevance for ourselves now. When the Torah is studied as an integral whole, with the full connections between the physical world and the spiritual worlds open to us, we can perceive the integrity of the Jewish spiritual path and practice it in its completeness. For centuries, the Jewish people were content to practice the Torah 
through the halakha only. They had faith in their sages, who could clearly see the connections between the branches of this world, their actions and behaviours, and the spiritual worlds and the worlds above, and how they affect each other. But nowadays, when the faith in our teachers has declined, and in many communities, particularly in the diaspora, much of the Torah and its practice has either been forgotten or distorted, there is a great need for ordinary people to understand the relationship between the branches of this world and their spiritual roots for themselves. We need to understand how the Torah is a living expression of the connection between the physical and the spiritual and forms a living pathway that acts as a bridge between the human and the divine. We need to find ourselves in Torah to discover our own meanings in the Zohar, in the Kabbalah, and in the stories of the Torah, which are there for us to discover our own relationships. And this is the reason why the Zohar, which until this generation was pretty well hidden, is of such importance now, because it unifies the whole of the Jewish religion into an integrated spiritual path. It was Rabbi Hudelev Ashlag, the great Kabbalist who lived in the 20th century, who opened the Kabbalah for the ordinary person. Authentic translations of his work have started to appear in the last few years. You can explore the website www.nohorapress.com and you'll find quite a lot of information there. This audio recording is brought to you from Nahorah School, established by Yadida Cohen for the study of the Kabbalah as taught by Rabbi Hudelev Ashlag. Studies with Yadida Cohen are available through the Nahorah School online. Details at www.nahorahschool.com or www.nahorahpress.com.